You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 504, Secrets of the Legion, part one, the past seen darkly. Episode 504, Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am... What a weekend, lad. Woohoo! We did all the things this weekend. We uh, All of the things? All of the things. The things, they were done. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was a busy weekend. We, uh, Jan and I participated in a, uh, an obstacle course race uh, yesterday, which... Was definitely a what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> what, what the? <laughs> you know, like ju- like jumping over fire, climbing uh, big A frames, all that kind of stuff. And jumping over fire. We jumped mm. over fire, and and Ella was looking at a picture of it, and she's like, "That's not that much fire." And uh, and, 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 I, and I said to her, "Let me tell you, kid, when you're jumping over it, it seems like a damn lot of fire." <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, you are sound. It sounded like a good idea at the time, lad. Well, that's that's part of it. And then today we had uh, uh, my band was playing at the Multicultural Festival, and our good friend Murray Fox came by to say hi. And hi, uh, Murray. So it was awesome to see him. And um, then we left pretty much straight from that. We grabbed grabbed a quick lunch uh, in the food tent and uh, went over to this garden party that let me tell you we didn't know what this was going to be and uh we you know so i think we we might have sort of fancied up some had we known um but (laughs) it was it's this uh, on the other end of town there's absolutely gorgeous garden i mean it's stunning um and as it turns out in a home that is owned by the parents of someone that jan knew from the baby group when ella was born but anyway, ah. the reason that we were there is because they were hosting uh, this garden party for a, a, a group called Focus on Nature. And what Focus on Nature do is they go into uh, into schools and they teach kids how to how to take photographs and um, and, and to take you know quality nature photographs, thinking of line and color and uh, and composition and and all that kind of stuff. And so um, around this time last year. Uh, Ella participated in it, and um, and so this was when she was in second grade, and uh, one of her photos was selected for exhibition, and so we went to see that, and so it was very exciting, and uh, there will be a large copy of that picture hanging from our wall very soon, so because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, that that goes a little bit beyond fridge, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. So all in all, an awesome weekend. But but yeah, we got back this af- late this afternoon, and we're beat. Beat. So, yes. Mm-mm. So thank goodness uh, for the for the work week to start, so uh, we can relax again. <laughs> Over to you, sir. Hi everybody. I am Darren Noel, and I am my work week didn't stop. This <laughs> no. it's fiscal year in closeout, and I have now been at work seven days in a row. Yay! Wow. Uh, so, been there. <laughs> yep. Woohoo! It's so much fun. Uh, yeah. So I did uh, go get allergy tested last week for my uh, coughing. Turns out springtime tries to kill me. 
Um, all the all the plants that bud over here, since Atlanta was built in the forest, are all like, nope, nope, you gotta die. <laughs> so I'm basically uh, on all the uh, fun antihistamines and inhalers and things like that. So yay, good times. Growing old is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you never allergic to any of that stuff before? I'm I'm sure I probably had reactions to it. And I was taking Zyrtec during the spring, but this time when I got caught the cold. The uh, allergies managed to get a hold of all kinds of things, and it just went on and on and on forever. So yeah, they they change over time too, and that's the thing. Yeah, you know, it's they... yeah, yeah. I hate allergies, <laughs> but, but not allergic to dogs and cats. Although I am allergic to cock roaches. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, that was a close one. <laughs> just saying, just saying. <laughs> FYI. <sighs> yeah. Over to you, sir. <laughs> Follow that trap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. It's a trap. It's a trap. Hey, everybody. I'm Travis Elsor, and I am Perseverance Lad. Yes. Um, I last year, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, there's a little known Marvel character named Death's Head, <laughs> and uh. Most of his stories were reprinted in two books that were uh, Marvel UK only. They weren't printed here in the States. And I decided I wanted them because I wanted to read all these Death's Head stories. Mm-hmm. Finding Volume 2, not a hard thing. Went on eBay, found one, cover price, no problem. Volume 1, for some reason, seemed to be in print for like a week and then disappeared from every store ever. And I even contacted some friends over in England and just... They had no luck. I had no luck. And six months later, of every week, looking online in different places, I found a used bookstore in Florida. (laughs) Of all places, they put a little online listing, and they had one. And it's not like, I wouldn't call it mint shape, but it's perfectly readable, and I got it for cover price. So That's awesome. I'm happy as can be. I didn't have to pay the $300. I see it on for Amazon. Oh, seriously. No, thank you. Wow. So anyway, that's awesome. over to you, Michael. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, continuing on that theme, I am Michael Grabois, and today I am Extravagant Purchase Lad. Oh. Um, I had some unused funds sitting in an Amazon uh, gift card account <laughs> for a few years waiting for me to figure out what to do with it. And uh, you may have heard that there was a um, a new Alex Ross print that came out uh, last week. It reprints, or it, it it's the cover of back issue number 61, the one where Alex Ross recreated the Mike Grell tabloid cover. Oh, nice. So I'll, uh, I'll post links to it. Um, as of when we're talking right now, some copies are still available, um, but it's $195, and I don't know if that's uh, um, something that people wanna, want to spend money on or have the funds to spend money on. But like I said, it didn't cost me anything since it was a Amazon gift card. So I yeah. said, well... Uh, if nothing else, I can get it and then flip it and sell it later because I'm still kicking myself for not getting the Warner Brothers one, um, the 
the one that's like seven feet tall. Oh, so yeah. it shows all of them flying vertically. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, very nice. Uh, it it I've heard from other people who are looking at getting it framed. It's going to cost as least at least as much to get it framed as it did for the print itself. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. That yeah. does not surprise me. No. That's a custom frame job, if ever there was one, for sure. So you said fr- oh, frame job. Frames. Frame job. You know, by Ultra Dillinger. <laughs> ah, take a drink. Yeah, take a drink. See? Yeah, see? Nice. yeah, yeah. You can only use one bullet at a time, see? Yeah. Yeah, that's why most of my artwork I own is not framed, because it costs more than the art most of the time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Framing costs money. It's but true. I got to say, like, that, that, that print, would oh my god that oh, yeah stu- yeah it's gonna look amazing so good wow. goodbye nice one all right now now you've got it see you guys have me thinking of all this stuff travis you've got me thinking about uh deaths had revisited which is one of my favorite twilight zone episodes because whenever, <laughs> whenever i hear death's head that's that's what that's always what i think of and um yeah wow is cool. that the one where the guy's glasses break no that's time enough at last um, Death's Head Revisited is um, basically where a, a former SS agent goes back to uh, to Dachau, and he is faced by the ghosts of the uh, of, of the people he killed. And um, it's it's just an incredible episode of, of Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, most of them were. That's the thing. Uh, that, you know, it's it, it's but but to me the, it, it it was a real real sort of standout. It, uh, it was in the third season, which I think contains a lot of my favorites. But you know the 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 um, distance between you know um, number one and what um, how many were there. <laughs> 156 episodes the distance between ep- you know my my number one favorite episode and what i would maybe rank as as number 156 there's not a, a lot of daylight between them because it is all pretty good but you know there's got to be something you like better um, right yeah so but that one that one was always a standout for me um anyway Welcome to Twilight Zone cast. Oh, take ah, drink. take a drink. <laughs> we supposed to drink at Twilight Zone references? No, uh, to uh, to saying that it's another show. Yeah, when, ah, yeah. Okay. when the show changes topic <laughs> enough, to yeah, when, when, the, when there's a yes. tangent, um, yeah, which almost never happens. And never the go tangent off universe. <laughs> we should talk about that for a hot minute. Oh, good grief! <laughs> no, no, let's not. I, I, it it wouldn't like be longer spi- than like that. Like Spider Boy. <laughs> Spider Boy meets the Legion. That that one was great. I did enjoy that. Um, like Doctor Strange Fate, or uh, I, I forget most of the names. Of you that. know what's funny is my fir- when when you said that my first wait that's the Amalgam Universe. The tangent, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm right. crossing the streams. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Too. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I can't keep the reboot straight. It's too confusing. Someone expects me. Okay, so so um, in <laughs> talking about the um, um, 
sorry. What you talking? Uh, just in, in you know we were talking about news, uh, Legion mm. news as it were, um, and um, so one of one was already covered by Michael, and it is the uh, the uh, the print of uh, of Alex Ross's uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, and. Um, so it was originally created exclusively uh, or as an exclusive for the Phoenix Comic Fest uh, in May and then and then released from there. And uh, yeah. the Memorial Day weekend. And right. so they they um, it's an edition of 100 plus 25 artist proofs and 25 printers proofs. Oh, wow. really? Which are a little bit more um, a little more pricey. Right. Yeah, but not that much. It was only like thirty dollars more expensive. Oh, okay, that's nice. fairly reasonable then. I mean, if you're into two hundred, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's like adding another thousand to the price of a house. At that point, you're like, oh, sure, fine, whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not caught up on on Supergirl as yet, but I, I plan on being on doing so by the end of the uh, by the time the season ends, which is if not this week, next week. Mm something like that um <clears throat> anyway uh but there was another uh legionnaire uh name dropped uh a couple of weeks back and um spoiler space for about two seconds and then it will be unspoiled chameleon oh yes. good sweet so he was mentioned and so that 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 is interesting um well, they've had Durlins, obviously. So. Yeah, well, exactly. So he didn't actually appear in the episode, but but is um, uh, remains in stasis on on board the Legion ship. Mm-hmm. So um, very cool. Yeah. So so there's uh, another mention. So you know, who knows where that's going to go? Um, I'm talking about the, uh, the some speculation over the last couple of weeks about. Um, what team exists in uh, re- this was on uh, Newsarama talking about what team exists in Rebirth and the Doomsday Clock's future um, just trying to figure out you know which version of the Legion is this uh, and um, the good one of course yeah I guess I, I like I, I don't know if it's you know none of the above or all of the above you know <coughs> well the, the thing that that article was was written basically hey, we need to fill some space, so why don't somebody talk about the Legion? Because we have had uh, exactly one data point as to what the Legion is post-rebirth, uh, and, yeah. that is, <clears throat> and that is the retro-boot Saturn girl appearing in Doomsday Clock. Is it, Anything is else? it retro-boot Saturn, Saturn girl, though? It looks like it, we should say. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it could be a costume, whole new one. Right, the costume and the haircut suggest the retro boot, but who knows? Well, because um, to me, retro boot is uh, short-haired uh, Saturn girl. Doesn't she have short hair in this one? No, she's got tied back well, in a ponytail. Well, she's, well, she's been you know incarcerated for a few years yeah, I was gonna now. Say maybe so, yeah, but, but when she the, showed up in Rebirth, she well, was during the New Fifty Two run. She slowly grew her hair back. Oh, okay, all right. How did I miss that part of it? I guess I was too I was too busy being focused on uh, on uh, Chompy Chompy Sunboy. Um, uh-huh. um, ribs, yum. <laughs> uh, now I want some barbecue. Mm, human Darn bean it. juice. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. 
Oh dear. Um, worst, yeah, and actually, this I, one, I'm going to say it. I'm going to bloody well say it. Worst Legion story ever, and I'm including Omen and Prophet. Damn. Damn. Done. Boom. Worse than Doctor Mayville. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Worse than Doctor Mayville. Doctor Mayville was over in one issue. And was at least amusing him at points for its absolute ridiculousity. Yeah, I, I really got kind of um, ticked. I'm going to hashtag Darren rant. Um, <laughs> got, you know, we, were, we were talking about how, you know, it, it's clear that Mr. Giffen has been kind of curmudgeonly, you know, about Legion. Yeah. And, and DC keeps bringing him back to things with Legion. Stop it. Bloody stop it. <laughs> Sorry. Done. Yeah. I, you, if you don't like your job, I get that. Stop doing the job. Move on to something else. Move so, on to something you will enjoy. Do not inflict your rage. <laughs> now, <laughs> a he, fan does, base. he does have quite a history with it. He does. In his, in, in his defense, though, there was also a lot of, uh, of editorial fuckery going on at the time. And, and that's the other part of it. But I also look at the editors putting him with that property. Yeah, well. <laughs> Cause that problem. You did this already. So. But to be fair, like, Levitt's always managed to rein him in on that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah. And, and clearly Paul was like, well, I'm out. Peace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, which, which, and I don't know if that conversation took place, but, you know. Well, he did only last on it a couple of the, a couple of the issues, so. It was like two issues. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So. Anybody know what happened, what he did with the Legion in the, what was it, Justice League 3001? Wasn't that like a, a weird villain? I, I, I wasn't. Like, I'm, I they were. Shiar. I read <laughs> it. They're, uh, they were a mind-controlled version of the Legion, kind of an alternate Earth version. Uh, Demetrius said there was ultimately a long-term plan where they would become heroes and like a more proper version of the Legion, but then the book didn't last that long, so they never got to it. Yep. Okay. All right, well, there you go. Uh-huh. And there you have it. Um, now, uh, now in, again, in reference to that uh, that issue, the, yeah, the, the, with the... Um, the data points it's like well yeah it's just messy um uh -huh. you know she, she mentions um the terrific <coughs> phantom girl who is uh, a watso from the planet big zatel um uh -huh. and um and so then you know draws that that as you know what what could clearly be a you know how readers have assumed this new character is the ancestor of the phantom girl from uh from the legion um, then she gets into Brainiac 5 and talks about how, um, well, she's just got this wrong, I think, um, where, where she says, in similar fashion, Brian Hitch's 2017 issues of Justice League included a tease of Brainiac 5, a key character in the Legion of Superheroes. Although Brainiac 5 was never actually named, his existence was implied as he appeared as a Brainy kid from the future. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, the, the, um, character's existence got a fur further boost in the current uh, Justice League No Justice, which brought into continuity the character Brainiac 2, who's a clone of the original Brainiac. Um, and, of course, uh, we see him in, you know, it's it's Vril Dox. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, in previous continuity, Brainiac 2 ended up being a force for good, fighting with a team called Legion, a private galactic police force that was sort of a present-day version of the Legion of Superheroes. And by the way, the aforementioned Tinuazo was a, a briefly part of that Legion too. Except no. <laughs> except she wasn't really. Yeah, except no. Um, well, she had, as Faze, she was. Well, but wasn't that revealed to be some kind of, uh, yeah, that was a retrocon. That was retconned, but for the longest time, they never, we were led, we were led to believe it, but they never said it. They never actually said it. And that was, that was the thing. That's why that was such an easy retcon because yeah, well, they showed the quote unquote switch in the Glorith verse magic, right? Right. Where they took the Durlin and switched her, uh, him with. Supposedly with Phantom Girl, and she shows up in the Legion, L-E-G-I-O-N. Yeah. But we never got to see Phantom Girl switch over. I mean, over. we know that was Giffen's original intent. Yes. That, 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 that was obvious that's what it yeah, was, but... Yeah. But she was never actually officially revealed as such, and uh, when they did an, an actual reveal as to who it was, it was ridiculously someone different. <laughs> well, they they had to do that because the original version of Tinya didn't exist anymore. Yep, she had been she had been zero hour right. out of time. Oh, that's right. Yes, mm-hmm. and Supergirl is an angel with fiery wings, Ugh. or a matrixy blob. Um, yeah, either yeah. or. Yeah. So, Whatever. anyway, so um... <laughs> see how this works. Exactly. Uh. Take your um, drugs at the store, kids. Take your drugs at the store. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, news-wise, uh, like I say, it's really just talking about stuff from Supergirl. I don't want to get too much into that because I know a lot of people are behind. Hell, I'm behind. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, I didn't think that the, men- the, the, the mere mention of another character was really a spoiler, you know, as far as the story goes. Um so we'll, we'll, we'll see what's happening with the rest of that uh, uh-huh. as they finish their season. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess let's get into, uh, into this first part of, of today. We're going we're gonna to get into uh, um, Secrets of the Legion, uh, the miniseries that ran. What were the pub dates, Michael? The publication dates were October, November, and December of 1980. Um, basically, in between issues 271, 272, and 273. Or 70, 71, and 72. And since 70 and 71 were the, uh, the last two parts of The Dark Man, um, this one can be read basically that it's occurring all three issues consecutively. So it fits in chronologically at the end of dark man between 271 and 272. Um, if it happens after 272, well, nobody, will, nobody will know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No exactly. one will be the wiser. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, um, but first, you know, but first, there's a, there's another thing that we've never really gotten into, and that was the original um, retelling of the uh, 
of the uh, Legion Origin from Superboy 147, which came out March 14th, 1968. Ah, there you have it. So somehow they waited that, that it was it was 10 years uh, that they waited uh, to tell us the actual origin of the Legion of Superheroes. So let's start that one off. Um, uh, who, who was the who were the creators again? Uh, Nelson Bridewell wrote it. Yeah, with Mort Weisinger. Hmm. And the uh, penciler was penciler and inker uh, both Peter Anthony Costanza, unknown on the colorist, and Milt Snappen on letterer. Okay, so um, so we've we've seen Bridwell before. Um, you know, he he he's written various Legion stories. Also written a lot of Superboy stuff in his time, and. Um, um, so this uh, this issue, by the way, came out um, in between Adventure three sixty seven and three sixty eight, which, if I remember correctly, that was the introduction to Shadowlast. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so P, uh, P. Costanza, by the way, um, uh, was uh, a prolific artist. Um, and uh, was born in 1913, uh, died in 1984, and um, he perhaps was best known for his work on uh, Captain Marvel, uh, mm. with, with you know with Wiz Comics, and um, uh, you know did some Jimmy Olsen work and, and that sort of thing. A lot, a lot of uh, Jimmy Olsen actually, and so he was kind of a, a, you know around in that in that Weisinger orbit. Uh, for sure, um, and and I would presume that when he was working on Wiz Comics, he, he did uh, issue, you know he worked on issue number two of Wiz Comics, so that would have been um, nineteen forty. Yeah, yeah, mm. and so that would have been CC Beck stuff. But you know, another thing to think of is the fact that Otto Binder worked on a lot of those stories as well. So there are there there are connections all over the place. Uh, now, now, not necessarily the same stories, and I, I'm, I'm not going to go through his uh, crazy list of credits. Um, yeah, he worked. Yeah, Let's just leave it yeah, at that. He, he worked. Yeah, exactly, and he did some uh, some Jughead. Um, so, you know, he could have done Reboot Legion right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, so that's, uh, that's Pete Costanza. Yeah. Um, all right, so um, we uh, are in a room with uh, we we've got Supergirl, Superboy, Phantom Girl, and Sunboy looking uh, up at uh, the founders. I'm not going to say those are statues; they're just standing on a pedestal. No, oh, they're, fair statues. they're statues. Oh, take a drink then. Oh, yeah. take a drink. Well, <laughs> if you, it, it says in the first caption. Oh, that's well. If yeah, I suppose if you're going to read stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so, um, but it turns out that whenever someone enters this room, a telepathic tape in the uh, Saturn Girl image sends mental waves to that person's mind telling the story of the origin of the Legion. So here we are, uh, the time, the 30th century, the place, the planet Wyneth. Young Garth Rands is saying goodbye to his parents and his sister, Ayla. And he says, bye folks, bye Ayla, don't worry, I'm sure I'll find Mech. I hope it's soon. Find him and hurry back, Garth. 
And so he boards the uh, the ship on his way to the planet Earth, uh, runs into one Rock Crin, who boarded the ship at his homeworld Brawl. We Brawlians are considered grown at 14, so I'm off to the to Earth to look for work. Thank you, Exposition Lab. Take a drink. <laughs> um, Take a drink. All right. Yeah, you see, everyone on my planet has mag magnetic powers. We developed them to combat the metal monsters of Brawl. A dose of ma magnetic repulsion should take care of you, Iron Skin. I figured I could cash in on my powers on Earth. Wow. There it is. Uh, how about you? I'm looking for my brother. Not long ago... Oh, here we go. He and I were on a jaunt with my twin sister when our space flyer was forced to land on the wild planet Corbalt. I got the bright idea of luring some lightning monsters to the ship to recharge his batteries, but... Take a drink, lightning boost of Corbalt. Uh, brother Mech was... Or, he says, uh, Mech said that the, force, the bolts seemed to be forming a force field around us, charging us with their lightning. Brother Mech was right. When those beasts were through, we were more powerful than they. We chased them away with our bolts. Look at them scurry. We were able to recharge the batteries then. Later, Mech disappeared from home. I'm hoping the science police on Earth can help me find him. And uh, they clarify the changes in uh, in uh, Ayla's powers. And he says, we're passing Saturn. And there's a shuttlecraft bringing more passengers aboard. And sizzling stars. It's R.J. Brand, the richest man in the universe. Boy, would I like to get a job with him. <laughs> uh, I know. Um, and, and then uh, Saturn Girl work, walks on and... and uh, and Garth thinks, wow, get a load of the blonde. What a dish. <laughs> not, not realizing that she's a telepath and, and she can tell exactly what he's thinking. Well, there is that. Um, as, as we will see in more detail later. Um, later, as the craft lands at Metropolis Spaceport, uh, you got it down, Pat? Sure. The minute Brand gets up. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. You got it down, Pat? Sure, see? The minute Brand gets off, we'll nail him, see? Take a drink. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be messy, folks. Um, but just when the passengers begin to debark, look out! Those men are reaching for guns. They're going to kill Mr. Brand. Within an instant, without an instant's hesitation, the two boys spring into action. A blasting light, a blast of lightning should take care of this guy's rod. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen that happen, kids. <laughs> and a little mag, and, and it gets better. And a little magnetism can disarm his buddy. Oh, you know. hello. Um, and they tackle them. Whoa, you're not going to any place. No place but the local Hooskow, that is. Because apparently <laughs> on Brawl, they speak like old-timey westerns. Old-timey westerns are the Hooskow. Uh, why'd you try the gunplay? Wouldn't you like to know? I know. <laughs> I read your minds. <laughs> Dr. Brand's wow. cousin Doyle owed money to a gambling syndicate. He couldn't pay off unless he inherited the cash, so you were sent by the big boss to, do, to see that he did. Mm. Your mind reading and the boy's amazing powers saved my life. Be at my office tomorrow at te morning at 10, all three of you. Uh, oh. Yes, sir. Y yes, yes, sir, sir. Mm. <sighs> and next day, you should use your talents to combat crime and injustice. I'd like to bankroll an organization uh, for, this, for the purpose with you as charter members. Are you kidding, Mr. Brand? We're only teenagers. You've read of Superman in the 20th century, haven't you? He started his career as a teenage Superboy. See, R.J. Brand knows the score. <laughs> <laughs> and years later, his cousin Supergirl began her crime-busting in her teens. Well, I came to work to get a job, says Rock. And this sounds like a good one. And, uh, and Imra says, I wanted to go to the Science Police Academy. This is even better. And Garth says, I'll be in a better position to track down my brother. Splendid. 
Soon, in Metropolis' finest tailoring shop. Mighty snazzy outfits these guys whipped up for us. And Mr. Brand dreamed up some great names to go with them. He calls me Cosmic Boy and you Lightning Lad. Already, other portions of the vast brand industrial empire swing into action. They're making it look as though Fortress Lad was built. <laughs> um, <laughs> we know better. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's some, cl- cl- that's some clubhouse the old boys haven't put up for us. Oh, my. Hey, look who's here. That's Deck- some grandma you got right there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, look who's here. Decked out in flashy red duds. Imrar Dean, Saturn Girl. That's what everyone calls me now. And the new head, when the new headquarters is completed, this computer will scientifically evaluate which of us three is best qualified to lead our group. We fed it enough data on our backgrounds. Let's see what it says. It says it here. It is, and the big brain says you're the top man, cause and you know because basically the 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 um, the computer also calls jail the hooskow. Um <laughs> Well, you notice also that the uh, the computer is big enough that. Uh, they're standing up and it still towers above them. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's One like a room-sized <laughs> computer. It always makes me think, well, that was the goal, right? Always makes me think of my favorite line in the movie, Apollo 13, where it's like, One day, we hope to have a computer that fits in a single room. <laughs> yeah. um, so the Legion quickly tackles its first task, ready, a constitution. We should insist that all members continue their educations. Check. But to join, one should have a real superpower, not just a gadget of some kind. We'll adopt a code against killing, too, as Superboy and Supergirl did. Here's my John Hancock. Now you two can sign. That is a big document. Each year, a leader will be chosen in a manner to be determined by the members. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long-ass reference in that uh, paragraph. (laughs) Just saying. John Hancock yeah. members. Uh, mm. Yeah, exactly. But they knew what they were doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, not Jeez. long after, in a public Jeez. ceremony, official, rec- official recognition is extended to the new crime fighting combo. The United Planets have voted you honorary citizenship on all member worlds. These badges deputize you as full fledged officers of the science police with authority to make arrests. What an honor. Woo-hoo. I'll treasure this badge as long as I live, but you'll never see it again. Um, some days later, later, as Cosmic Boy heads for a meeting in the clubhouse, you're the Legion of Superheroes, aren't you? I'd like to try out for that group. Huh? Sure, if you have a superpower. And, uh, you know, this is obviously Lorno Durgo. She says, I have, and I'll reveal it when we reach your headquarters. Oh, Ooh, woman of mystery, hey. eh? Okay, come hmm? along. Uh but, but at HQ, a shock meets Legion's chief. This gal wants to apply for membership. She's Lorna Durgo, huh? But that's this girl's name. She's from the planet Karg. Popping planetoids. This doll is triplets. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, wrong. I'm one girl, but the triple side of Karg has given all inhabitants the power to split into three bodies. Terrific. If the others agree, we'll accept you and call you Triplicate Girl. She's, uh-huh. But she's now known as Duo Damsel since one of her three bodies was killed battling Compito the Conqueror. You gotta wonder if Triplicate Girl was just gonna be like doing all the paperwork. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what she ended up as uh, in the in the reboot at first. Um, yeah. Shortly inside the clubhouse, this is the safest place on Earth. Nothing can get in past our, our guard devices and oh. Nothing but a phantom. I'm Tinuazo of the fourth dimensional planet Bigzatel. Everyone on my world can dematerialize and walk through walls. Let's make this uh, phantom girl a member. If she hel- she'll help us make the place secure against ghostly intruders. Moved and seconded. 
All right, so take a drink for somebody uh, waltzing right into Legion headquarters. Yes. <laughs> oh, there you have it, the origin of the Legion. I'm Invisible Kid, the current leader, saying you should read the other stories in this 80-page giant and learn more about the Legion and its members. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, but first is the boy with the ultra powers. And so uh, for the record on that one, um, the other stories in the book are uh, how Supergirl joined the Legion, uh, the Supergirl's three Supergirlfriends story, uh, the initiation of Ultra Boy, uh, the origin of the Legion's super pets when they help fight the brain globes of Rambat, and a adult Legion versus the adult Legion of supervillains story. Mm. There we go. There we go. All right. And... Uh, Oh, and that, that one, the cover, by the way, is Kurt Swan with inks by Neil Adams. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 68. That, that sounds, uh, sounds about right. So if you, uh, uh, if you recall, and some people may, uh, in 2003, they issued a complete reprint of this comic called the Superboy 147 Replica Edition, which was on modern paper, and I believe it reprinted the entire thing complete with the ads. Oh, wow. Very neat. Now, did, did they recolor it? Uh, let me see. Um, yes, it was recolored, or the replica edition with a, a new price of six ninety five. dollars was colored by Digital Chameleon. Okay, yeah. And the new cover was actually by Jerry Ordway, uh, who basically recreated it from the original Swan and Adams. He either uh, re-inked it or traced it or did something, but it's a brand new cover that looks like the original yeah. version. Yeah, he probably lightboxed it or something. And uh, so this this Legion story was reprinted in Secret Origins number six, which came out in uh, late 1973. Yeah. And they share an issue with the Blackhawks, which reprinted one of the 1940s stories. And it's also in Archives number eight, for those of you who want to follow along at home. Uh. And it's... It's it's so familiar to us now because we've heard it told over and over again. But remember that this is the first time that that this story had been told. Uh, as you mentioned, it was ten years yeah. of Legion stories before they ever got an origin. And you know, if they were to do that now, this would be like issue number one. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or issue, issue zero one, or something. Yeah, or issues one through five. Because, um, yeah, it, one through five, really, because you can tell how compressed everything is into fitting into seven story pages <laughs> yeah, plus, totally. a, plus a splash page. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of the dialogue from this, and as we're about to see, there's a lot of the dialogue from this that has survived pretty much every iter what feels like every iter iteration of it. Um, 
Yeah. You know, we've we've seen the story many times, but there's there's bits of it that that we see, um, you know, come up again. Just the, uh, you, you know, the the uh, you, you know the um, the two men. They're 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 meeting to you know, <coughs> they're here to kill R.J. Brand, and um, there's just little bits that that kind of stick stick out, and uh, you know, again though the. Um, as you mentioned, the the telepath line, you know, when we get into it in secrets, we'll we'll see that one come up, and uh, um, it's just interesting that that you know how much of that remained, um, and uh, and even when they retold it um, for the Archie Legion um, post Zero Hour, you know, there that 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 event stayed pretty much the same. Yeah, you know, I think instead of instead of Doyle, it was Macaulay, but you know. Um, not not that far different. So in the uh, in the back of the Superboy 147, there's a text page. I'm not going to read it, but it's called the Lore of the Legion, and it's basically aimed at people who were reading the Superboy comic but not the Legion, because yeah. it's it's an entire text page of this is what the Legion is and. And a little bit of you know, here's what's happened to uh, unlucky Lightning Lad, <laughs> and uh, the Legionnaires who've died, Legionnaire people who've turned it down, uh, Dev M, who had appeared in Superboy. They talk about his uh, relationship with the Legion, and um, uh, the new the other supergroups in the uh, in the 30th century, like the Heroes of Lalor. Um, people who've been resigned or expelled, and it basically ends with uh, issue 367, um, which is when the Legion got a new clubhouse, um, and hey, watch for the return of Lone Wolf, and another look at the adult Legion, and that's only the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, so... Um... So let's get into the other series, and that is uh, Secrets of the Legion. And uh, this kind of lets us flesh out a bit of this stuff. Um, and actually, uh, it's not surprising that it's very close to it because Nelson Bridwell is the plotter on, uh, on, on this, at least this first issue, I think through the, through the whole thing. I think he was, he, uh, he was I think, because this, this isn't fought, like, Bridwell died not long after this, or... Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, look it up. Yeah, but uh, but it's I, I don't think it's far off. <coughs> no, ni- no, 1987. Was it that late? Really? Yep. Wow. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't he also do the Untold Tales of the Batman that other miniseries that no, came out? Uh, no, that was, no, it was somebody else. It was Len Wein. I think it was Marty Pasco. Oh, okay. No, 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 okay. no, no, it was Len Wein. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. He did the Batman one. Yeah. Um, it was the fr- but the and it was where the first issue was uh, was John Byrne on art and then the second two were or t- two and three were um, uh, Jim Aparo. Ah. And uh, <coughs> I just remember these two being the first uh, miniseries that DC did. Really, uh, uh, they there was one other. Nope. Was there World, World, of, World, Krypton. Of, World, World of, Krypton. of Krypton? Okay. Um, came out uh, July nineteen seventy nine. And that was, um, let's see, Paul Kupperberg, Howard Chaikin, and Murphy Anderson. Yeah. 
that that was the first miniseries ever. Ooh, ever, ever. Um, not counting things like the four-issue Legion reprint series, which was, at the time, just a reprint series. Yeah. It was never meant to be. Yeah, I was thinking and, new material, yeah. Uh, right, new material. And so uh, World of Krypton was the first, and then Untold Legend, Untold, I think Untold Legends of the Batman yeah. was the second, and then Secrets of the Legion was the third. Yeah, gotcha. and this wasn't far off the uh, far on the heels of of that one. And one other note is I remember having this issue. Um, so I was in fifth grade and uh, was reading it during during silent reading time, and uh, got got called out on it by my teacher. Uh-oh. But then I started talking about, you know, the whole thing with time travel and, and its connection to all these different things in science fiction. And, um, and you know, and they, they've, they've got these different, uh, these different people from different planets and they're talking about, a, you know, a more optimistic future, et cetera, et cetera. And he was like, yeah, you can read whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, you've got this reading thing down. Yeah, okay. yeah. he's like, you're, yeah. you're okay. <laughs> and that would have been this issue. So, so there we have it. <laughs> All those right. years ago. Remember in elementary school, I was reading uh, Teen Titans. One of the issues where Raven goes a little, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which which could be any issue, really. Which could be any issue, yes. really. And uh, they're like, "What are you reading?" I'm like, "Well, it's it's superheroes." She does a little like a superhero, Darren. <laughs> like, well. Yeah. Ever seen hey, Rosemary's Baby? Show the red skin, please. <laughs> <laughs> Ever seen Rosemary's Baby? Um, <laughs> this is what happens when, when she grows what up. What did you do to its eyes? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to take us through this issue? I think it's my turn. Yes, indeed. Quiet enough. So, Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes, number one. Uh, on the cover, we have Kaz, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, Cam, and Superboy in their Disco Legion finest. And Superboy says, stop. If you activate that computer, you'll expose the Legion's darkest secret. <laughs> and a lady, because uh, we see some bazooms and some hair that is longer than normal and a nice long glove says, I must or the Legion is doomed. Ah. Do we have to take a drink for that one? No. Oh, okay. I don't think we've ever had the doomed take a drink thing, although we probably should have ages ago. Yeah. Um, so it, is, the cover is Jimmy Janes and Dick Giordano. Yes, and this is more like um, Real Housewives type <laughs> uh, type drama, you know. Especially given what we know about what's going to happen in the issue sure. and what the secret really is, which of course we're not going to spoil just yet. Spoilers, oh. but I mean. Really, is is it really their darkest secret? <laughs> and, and really, is the is the Legion really doomed if if they don't reveal the Legion's darkest secret? All right, all right, Michael, in the history of DC Comics, how many covers have Lois Lane and Lana Lang been in a catfight? Come on, not probably enough. A not enough, probably. Not enough, but, but the point is, they do this all the time. <laughs> So here we are. They're over-dramatizing over things? Is that what Yes. Yeah. There are... Yeah. This is they a, do this that. Is a com, this is a common comic book trope. Uh, yep. Or co- comic book cover trope. The, uh, the oversell what's inside. 
the the universe will never be the same, and yet it is. Okay. So we open up and we um, have R.J. Brand sitting in a bubble or lying in a bubble, really. And a doctor says, I'm sorry, Legionnaires, but I'm not going to lie to you. We've done all that's medically possible for him, and barring anything short of a miracle, R.J. Brand is going to die. What? I know. And the title is The Past Seen Darkly. It's not written by Jeff Johns, either. Um, it's written by E. Nelson Bridwell Plot, Paul Kupperberg Scripter, Jim Janes, and Frank Caramonte um, on art. Uh, ben Oda Letterer, Gene D'Angelo Colorist, Jack C. Harris Editor, with warmest appreciation to the many who came before. So it's kind of like a, you know, a and salute. I gotta say, Brand's, Brand's in, pretty, in, um, in better shape than he was last time we saw him. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's been working out. Except he's for the diet. Very yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> about to, he's about to gain an awful lot of weight, but, you know, we'll, we'll understand why soon. There's that. So, in this um, splash page, we have uh, Colossal Boy, Sun Boy, Elemental Lad, Dawn Star, the Doctor, Monel, Shady, Cosmic Boy, Wildfire, Shrinking Violet, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, Duo Damsel, Bouncing Boy. In the foreground, it looks like it's Star Boy, Dream Girl. Um, I want to say that was Sun Boy, but he's over there, so I'm not sure who is that, that is. Ultra Boy. Is that Ultra Boy? Okay. Fair one. Uh, Cam. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's Ultra Boy. He's he's reading. Yeah, he's reading Phantom the credits right there because you see her shoulder cut out. Um, yeah, I think that's. Um, I don't know who that is right there between Cam and Karate Kid. Blonde hair is throwing me. Um, Karate Kid, Light Last, and Timberwolf. Looks like this should be um, Projectra over uh, Timberwolf's yeah. head. Yeah. Rainy, Supergirl, uh, Superboy, and hi, Tyrock. Hey, look at you. you being in here. Goodness gracious me. But I don't know who that is. Any ideas, guys, before I go to the next one? Um, I'm, I'm looking. I don't see anything. Blue and kind of a reddish hair. So yeah. it's like, and, and that's clearly a cape. Yeah, it's a cape yeah. of some So maybe, maybe, is that supposed to be like Night Girl? No. Maybe? Uh-huh. No? Anyway. Oh, is it Monel? <laughs> Do no. they miss Monel's no, hair? No, Monel's over there. No, the he's side. A okay. All right. Uh, it is it is somebody who we just don't recognize. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's, one of the, it's, it's Brody. It's Brody. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of the, one of those guys from the first from uh, Adventure Two Forty Seven. There you go. go. Before being recolored. Go, yeah, go get the iron rod, please. Okay, we can now. bring our man back to life. Oh, wow. Hello. And Monel's like, I feel so helpless just standing here and watching him die. I know how you feel, son, but as advanced as our medical knowledge may be, maybe even we can't fight something we don't understand. And Yorgian fever is one of those things. Mr. Brain is the first known case on Earth and only the second case ever caught by an Earthman. And frankly, we just do not know how to treat it. Um, I've only been able to think of one possibility, one slim chance, but no, I'm not certain it can work on Mr. Brand. I'd rather not say until I know. Yeah, well, you're the doctor, Doc, Wildfire says. Just do what you can, okay? Sanger's like, yes, Dr. R.J. Brand is much more than Legion's benefactor. Yes, he's our dear, dear friend, Shady says. And um, they're the mightiest beings in all of known space, yet even the Legion of Superheroes stands powerless before the single menace. Both century science is never fully conquered, and as they stand vigil over their friend and mentor, the Legion headquarters uh, across Metropolis stands unguarded. Well, you know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, means um, it means uh, the, the Guardian's going to have to show up to wait. No, 
no, no, no. Everybody take a drink. An impossible target for the common intruder, perhaps, but despite a foolproof yes. net systems and defenses, not invulnerable to the uncommon invader with a key to bypass such systems. Take a drink. We've got people in the headquarters who don't belong there. Yeah. That's impossible. How could that happen? Never could happen. Ah, and Best be recognized as ever. friend by a complex array of Legion computers and automated monitoring devices. So it is as allies that this man and woman pass through the deserted headquarters, ignoring untold riches in the form of rare metals and deadly one-of-a-kind of weapons until they reach at last their objective. The Legion computer file. This is it. Are you sure it's safe? What if the Legion should relax? They're going to be at the Meta Center for a while yet, leaving us with plenty of time. Computer, code sequence LSHPF, activate. Activated, please state, file requested. We'd like to view the personnel file on Rock Crin. Yes. And Rock was born the eldest son of Hu and Iwa Crin on the planet Brawl, alias Cosmic Boy. Uh, a hostile world, world that is home to both a race of humanoids and a species of deadly metallic creatures. Since the dawn of time, these metal monsters have fed on the humans of Brawl, threatening at several points in history to almost wipe out the race, until the humans developed a unique power of survival, super magnetism, generated by their bodies capable of repelling the metal-based creatures. Hugh Crin was a well-to-do industrialist living with his wife and two sons in the planet's capital, until a severe economic depression struck Brawl. And in keeping with Brawlian custom, 14-year-old Rock considered an adult on his homeworld, was sent to work. But with jobs scarce on the financially ailing brawl, Rock was sent to Earth to seek employment, where he end program computer. He's not the one, is he? No, but I didn't think we'd find him the first time out. We'll just have to keep looking. <laughs> what are they looking for, dear reader? Do you know? Um, perhaps we'll have better luck with Imra Ardeen, Saturn Girl. Of all the inhabited worlds in the star system, Saul, Saturn's largest moon, Titan, is the most unusual. With a population comprised of natural telepaths, Immer Ardeen's parents were both possessed of strong extrasensory abilities, and even as a young child, Immer displayed that her link with hereditary was more. Her mind-reading skills were among the highest ever recorded on Titan. By adolescence, Immer Ardeen was recognized across Titan as the satellite's top telepath, often lending assistance to her government on cases requiring her special abilities. Upon completion of her education on Titan, a process greatly accelerated by her telepathic powers, Immer decided to use her ESP powers as a training at Earth Science Police Academy. Enough. Saturn Girl's not the one either. Computers skip ahead to the file on Garth Rands. Lightning Lad of the planet Winneth. Unlike other worlds, the people of Winneth have no natural innate powers. <laughs> Garth's powers were the result of a bizarre accident which occurred when the young Winnathian was returning to his home from a social event on another world with his twin sister Ayla and their older brother Mecht, and Mecht has red hair here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did have red hair. Yeah, it was, it was later. Oh, okay. Yeah, remember okay. the... He used to skin with white hair all the time, so... Mm -hmm. No, it was... Uh, he, it, uh, one of the Superboy issues, like 178, somewhere around there. The George Tuska it, thing. Yeah, with Carrie Bates, I think he wrote it, that uh, um, he got his hair turned white as a result of getting shocked. Ah, gotcha. En route to Winneth, a sudden power loss caused a system's failure in their space flyer, necessitating a forced landing on the uninhabited planet of Korbal. 
Atmospheric conditions made radio for assistance impossible, seemingly stranding the three youths on this hostile, barren world. Until it's working, Mech. The spare battery has just enough of a charge left to lure Corval's lightning creatures to the flyer. Keep your fingers crossed and pray their bolts are strong enough to recharge the ship's batteries. The lightning creatures were powerful indeed, but their target was not the down space flyer. Rather, its three occupants were bathed in the beast's lethal electrical charge. I oh, take no. a drink. Yeah. Lightning beasts of Corbal for the win. <laughs> uh, yet miraculously, the Rand siblings were unhurt by the charge. Indeed, the results were far from harmless. By the moons of Winneth, we're still alive. And utilizing their newfound power, the stranded teenagers recharged their crippled ship and returned to Winneth. So yeah, they 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 rule the lightning now. Yeah. But but soon, hey Mech, hey, where are you going? Quiet, you idiot! I'm leaving, going someplace where I can use my powers for me. And Mech walks out. Walks out. Months passed, and Garth Rands received no word of, of his brother, fearing Mech's parting words. The youth boarded a space liner for Earth, where he hoped the science police would, could aid him in his search. On board the deep space liner, Garth first met a fellow passenger, Rock Crin. Well, why are we slowing, Rock? I thought we were Earthbound. Looks like we're stopping to pick up some passengers from Saturn. And here comes Saturn Girl. Woo! I'll say we are. Look at her. She's gorgeous. I guess she's not a dish in this story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Ka says, better watch your thoughts, Gar. She looks like a telepathic titan to me. Listen, friend, if she doesn't read my mind, I may just have to tell her what I'm thinking. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi-yo. We got, we got some super hormones going on here. Mm-hmm. And by the stars, Garth, is that who I think it is? And it's R.J. Brown with two you know, suits behind him. Only if you think it's R.J. Brand, the billionaire industrial rock, so what? I'm headed for Earth to look for work, friend. And if anybody's going to have a job available for a bright young man, it is him. With additional passengers aboard, the liner resumed its course for Earth and within hours was docked at the vast metropolis spaceport. There goes your chance for employment, Rock. Yeah, well, I don't see you on the arm of your object of desire either, pal. Rings of Saturn, Saturn Girl says. Listen, those two men, I can read their minds. They're assassins here to kill R.J. Brand. Huh? What are you talking about? And, and there's no time. Look. And you see the two guys pulling out their ray guns. Instinctively, the youths acted, first disarming the would-be assassins. Mr. Brand, look out. And then rendering them harmless. And Mr. Brand's like, incredible. <laughs> oh, goodness. After the science police had taken custody of the two men... Uh, Imra says, I scanned their minds, sir. They were sent by a man named Doyle. Blast that fool. Doyle's my cousin and deeply in debt to a gambling syndicate. He's been after me to give him money. No doubt he hoped to inherit my fortune with this. And um, one of the uh, uh, intruders in this, the... Wait, 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 wait. What? In that first panel there on that page, yeah. uh, you should point out that on the right side, the science police are taking the criminals off to the Hooskow. Oh, that's true. That's right. the yes. They are bound for the Hooskow, it's true. I wasn't sure where, where you thought they were headed before that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the lady intruder says, Doyle, couldn't he be our man? And the, the man says, we don't know much of Doyle's background, but we do know he died in prison some years ago. No, it's not Doyle. So it's back to the files. The following day, a grateful R.J. Brand invited his young rescuers to his metropolis offices. I'm indebted to you, youngsters, and in addition to offering my thanks, I'd like to offer you a proposition. There's a great potential in all of you for good. I believe that potential could best be realized if you were to band together as a group, a kind of legion of superheroes. Needless to say, I would be most interested in backing any such group with both my influence and finances. 
well, we're flattered, Mr. Brown, but by Earth standards, aren't we kind of young to take on something this big? Nonsense, Rock. There's plenty of precedent for it, notably Superboy and Supergirl in the 20th century. But I came here looking for work. My family needs the money. And you found it, my boy. I did say I'd finance you. Well, I wanted to train with the science police, but this sounds even better. And what about you, Garth? You can count me in, sir. So there you go. There we go. Legion origin story. And we see them in their costumes next. No more were they the three uh, used from three different worlds. Now they were united as Cosmic Boy, Sign and Girl, and Lightning Lad. A team, a computer analysis of their qualifications shows Cosmic Boy as the group's first leader. And a club charter, the Legion Constitution, was drawn up outlining the rules and regulations of the fledgling organization. Not long after, R.J. Brand supplied the Legion with a deep space cruiser, the first of what was to become an entire fleet of sophisticated craft, as long as you don't let Colossal Boy drive one. <laughs> Yahoo! This baby handles like a dream, Garth. Want to have a go at the helm? I'm afraid you're not there for joyriding, Cosmic Boy. Not while the thief who stole the quintile crystal needed for Metropolis Power Spheres is still free. Don't worry about it, sir. He's as good as captured. <laughs> and as the Legionnaire and Legionnaires were as good as their word, they tracked down the thief of the rare and valuable crystal. And nice work, team. We not only recovered the crystal, we managed to capture the bad guy as well. And the bad guy says, ha, you fool. You forget, young fool, that I am a representative. I am on Earth as a representative on my planet, giving me total diplomatic immunity from criminal prosecution. Diplomatic and immunity. <laughs> getting too old for this. Um, <laughs> true, Ambassador. But that doesn't stop me from magnetically hanging you by your credentials for a while to keep you out of trouble. See you around. The successful recovery of the vital energy crystals brought the Legion to the attention of Earth's uh, science police, who, out of appreciation for their work on the case, deputized them as duly appointed officers of the law. While the United Planets honored them with the citizenship on all member worlds, thus opening the way for the Legion's participation in law enforcement across most of known space. Ah, uh, this information is getting us nowhere. If a Legionnaire is the one we're after, he'd be a fool to leave that information in the records. Well, else we got to go on. We're just going to have to keep looking. Again, the intruders are saying this. Yes. Uh, with their newfound status as an intergalactic law enforcement organization came added responsibility requiring an expansion of their ranks. The first new member admitted to the Legion was Lornu Durgo, then called Triple Girl, now known as Duo Damsel. Like all born under the triple suns of the planet Karg, Lornu possessed a power unique to the known universe to separate into three individual exact replicas of herself. But unlike other Kargans, she did not choose to remain on her home world, preferring instead to wander the universe in search of excitement. And there was much in the far reaches of space to excite the young girl. But nothing so much as the thought of becoming a Legionnaire. Upon Upon reaching Earth, she set out to do just that, sufficiently impressing the Legionnaires with their powers and becoming the fourth member of the Legion. But the group was still young, and their period of growth had just begun. Tinya Wazo was the next name to be added to the active roster as Phantom Girl. Tinya's homeworld, Big Dizzle, exists in the same space as Earth, but in a different dimension, a planet populated by a race of humanoids able to dematerialize at will. Head across the vibratory planes between dimensions. On a visit to Earth, young Tinya learned of the existence of this group of superpowered teenagers and decided to offer them her services and offer made in a most unorthodox manner. And she pops through the wall to the guys. And it looks like they're on toilets, honestly. I, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the sun, 
generic. Look, we're under attack. But, but I thought I thought our security system was flawless. Not against phantoms, Cosmic Boy. And you can relax. I'm not here to attack. Just to ask if maybe you've got room for one more. And with the promise of her assistance in making the headquarters impervious to attacks from Wraith-like life forms in the future, Phantom Girl was voted unanimously all four into the Legion of Superheroes as she thwacks a dude on upside the head there. Which kind of should settle the question of can she turn parts yes, of herself immaterial yes. and not? It's right there. Um, Phantom Girl's admission into their ranks could not have been timed better for within weeks, the Legion fa- was faced with their greatest challenge to date. Nice shooting guard. Keep that up and you'll make marksman yet. And you'll make a great pancake because they're in the danger room. <laughs> <laughs> And if you don't keep that uh, up, huh? The power has gone off. And so is Rock Super Magnetism. He'll be killed unless I do something fast. And Emma grabs him and gets him out of the way of the, the pillar. <laughs> ah, taking a drink for me. Uh, <laughs> Tinya, what the devil's going on? Not the power, that's for sure. As near as I can tell, the blackout's affecting the whole planet. But with our sensors out, I can't trace its origins. The science police supplied them with that detail, and several others as well. The blackout lasted for exactly 83 seconds, Legionnaires, but it shut down all power across the universe. It caused hundreds of thousands of deaths, but even that's not the worst of it. At the same time, the planetary system, ETH, well, our our sensors tell it it just ceased existing. Great stars! Who could do something like that, Commander? (laughs) Uh I'm sensing a lot of Super Friends dialogue here. Yeah, very much. This man, Lucifer Seven, a self-proclaimed professed criminal mastermind, yeah. he threatened to destroy the ETH system if his demands for blackmail were not met. Naturally, they refused, and now notice that that, that just hearing about Lucifer Seven turns Garth into like Gerard Depardieu. I know, right? What's up with that? He's suddenly very French. Yeah. En route to the Seven's uh, private planet, the Legion cruiser stopped to pick up Marla Latham. Good to see you, friend. What's the word for Mr. Brand? He sent me to offer my assistance, Cosmic Boy. And assistance was needed against a foe who was virtually invulnerable to attack, who could stop any attempt by merely cutting off his attacker's power. What are you watching, Marla? Oh, just some old file tapes of Superboy from the 20th century. Thought I might get inspired, but no luck so far. Hmm. Maybe not, Marla. What is it? Have you got something, Phantom Girl? I just might, Marla. She looks at the Phantom Zone projector. I just might. Pay attention, boys and girls. I think I know how to defeat Lucifer 7. As the cruiser streaked at faster than light speeds towards its destination, Phantom Girl outlined her plan. Okay, people, we're there, so strap yourselves in because the fireworks are about to begin. Without warning, the cruiser lost power and plummeted out of control towards the surface of the planet below to a certain impact and death that was suddenly and lethally interrupted. Screeboom! But seconds before the deadly power blast from below struck, the Legionnaires had ejected from their doomed ship in escape pods and completed their voyage to the surface of Seven's world safe, but not unseen. So, the scientists Please send their precious legion after me. But clever though they may be, none may best Lucifer Seven. And he's also his command uh, command uh, chair in his on his ship uh, is again a toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's got to go. Everybody. <laughs> I could slay the fools now where they stand, but I won't use my concentrator's power on them again. Perhaps it would be an amusing diversion to hunt them down myself before returning to more serious and pressing matters. And he is literally <laughs> twirling his mustache. He is. He's yep. twirling the mustache. 
Siren Girl says, all right, team, in her communicator, her flip phone, whatever that is. Yeah. All right, team, picked up Seven's thoughts, and he's coming now. Get ready. Confidently, Lucifer Seven steps from his lair, prepared to make short work of disposing of the super-powered interlopers, who were equally prepared to meet the challenge. Looking for us, friend? Ha, you are bold, youngsters, but you are also fools. Still, your appearance here saves me the trouble of tracking you down. Lucky for me, but most unfortunate for you. What? Would you care to rethink that logic bit? Uh, would you care to rethink that little bit of logic seven? Your robot hounds are down for the count, mister, because, you know, magnetism, electricity. And do, and Triple Good Girl sneaks up on Lucifer seven, and so are you, seven, with Trijitsu. Yeah. <laughs> you may be real smart, seven, but there's one or two little details you forgot to take into consideration, like for specifically our powers, specifically the powers of Phantom Girl, such as her ability to pass from one dimension to another, which is precisely what I did, Seven, when we went into orbit around the planet. I slipped into the Phantom Zone and spied on you from there to see just how you pulled off your tricks. I saw enough to tell me how to operate this contraption. And when you went out after the others, I stepped from the Phantom Zone and turned it against you. And while your monitors followed me, my other self circled around behind you to catch you by surprise. Your guile is most impressive, youngsters. But this was merely the first battle in the war. Next time we clash, you shall not emerge victorious or alive. Mm -hmm. There isn't going to be a next time, Seven, unless you can wage your war from a prison asteroid. Lucifer Seven was convicted of mass murder for the destruction of the ETH system. Mm -hmm. ETH! That's what everyone said. ETH! Uh, well, the concentrator, a weapon which absorbed power from any source and returned it in the form of pure deadly energy, was placed in the Legion Clubhouse for safekeeping, because no one will ever go in there. <sighs> and the true story of Lucifer 7 and his concentrator was never released, and the existence of such a weapon must never be revealed. It would make too tempting a target for thieves. Congratulations, Legionnaires. You did a superb job. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks. Yeah, I know, right? Thanks, Marla. <laughs> but we really have the activities of Superboy and Supergirl to thank for our success. After all, it was Superboy who gave us this idea. Yes, Sun and Girl, and I've been thinking about that. And I'd like to suggest you recruit the Super Cousins for membership in the Legion. Uh, we'd love to, Mr. Brand. But how? There's a little matter of ten centuries keeping us from them, and none of us are much good at time travel. Ah, uh, but you can be, Rock, in this. Your brand new time bubble! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and he still hasn't got their name straight. You know, he's talking uh, to Darth. And... But he's saying rock, yeah. Wow, er, what is it, sir? A time bubble, son. A device recently invented by my research lab that enables you to travel freely through time. You can go to the 20th century and invite them to take part in a competition for a place in the Legion. So this is where Legion hazing begins, kids. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Ah, with the miraculous time bubble, the Legion traveled back 1,000 years, where having decided to contact Supergirl rather than her cousin who preceded her, they persuaded the Girl of Steel to return with them to compete with three other candidates for a place in the Legion of Superheroes. First to demonstrate his qualifications was Gim Allen, an Earth youth with a singular ability to grow to gigantic proportions. Next came Lyle Nord, also of Earth, who called himself, most aptly, Invisible Kid, followed by an impressive display by Reap Daggle of Dur whose people were capable of adapting any form they desired. And he turns into Lightning Lad. But by far the most effective demonstration that day was given by Supergirl. By digging at super speed, the first of what was to later become Earth's famed tunnel transportation system. Didn't we talk about this the That's, other week? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. 
I love throwbacks like that. It's fun. And though the Legionnaires voted to accept the Maid of Might into their mitts and accidental exposure of red kryptonite, an element capable of producing strange and unpredictable changes in Kryptonians, transferred her temporarily from a girl to a woman, too old to remain eligible for Legion application. Admitted in her stead was... Reap Daggle, now called Chameleon Boy by his new comrades in arms from the planet Durla, young Reap journeyed to Earth, where he encountered the prejudice of the Terran uh, to his race, a people viewed with suspicion by many who did not trust those who could become anything or anyone at will. And it was because of this prejudice that Reap decided to remain on Earth, to prove that Durlins could indeed be trusted and perhaps respected rather than feared for the gift that given them by nature and nuclear fallout. And, and nowhere else was there the opportunity to do that good than in the already legendary Legion of Superheroes. Next to join was Lyle Norg of Earth, also known as Invisible Kids. He filed on deceased members for information. Okay, keep. Uh, we've been here a long time. Legionnaires might return anytime, shouldn't we? Okay, keep going, computer. We're listening. We should, yeah, but we can't afford to. Gim Allen, a native of Earth, was admitted next as Colossal Boy. I gotta say, they've kind of gotten this out of order from what has been stated mm-hmm. in the in the order. It's Cam, Colossal Boy, Invisible Kid. Yeah, you are correct. So. Um, like the vast majority of his fellow Earthlings, Gim was born in the area once known as Israel without any special planet powers. Ah, look! He's Israeli. I knew he was Jewish. I didn't know he was Israeli. Those are two different things. Um, though he lived in the ancient city of Jerusalem, Gim spent his summers working at traditional farming uh, collectives called a kibbutz. It was on vacation to the valleys of Mars. Really, it was when he was... Um, training to be a member of the science police. Close that, enough. Yeah, close enough for government work, vacation, training, you know. Yeah. Again, uh, gained his powers while hiking through a deserted portion of the valley. The young earthling was the lone witness to the falling of a strange glowing meteor, thus becoming the only re- recipient of its bizarre, unexplainable powers. Confused, the boy did not know what to do with this unexpected gift until his parents suggested he put it to good use in the Legion. Kim decided that was indeed where he could accomplish the most. And upon his second application for membership, he was at last able to take on the title and responsibilities of Colossal Boy. Starboy, real name. You know what? So, wait. um, Let me just... So, yeah. So, Phantom Girl, Cam... No, they've got it right. No, it's, it's Cam, Colossal Boy, Invisible Kid. Yeah, but didn't they all join at the same time? Yeah, well, no. Um, yeah, but they, yeah. they, they, Cam. Oh, you're saying Invisible Kid was put out of order. Um, yeah, I guess that's because they kind of skip over him. Yeah, you're right. They say next to join, but he was not. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. It, it's. I, I think it may be ABC order, but it got retconned to be Colossal Boy and Cam joined together, and then the next run was Invisible Kid, Supergirl, Brainiac Five. Right. So, Starboy, real name Tom Keller, followed shortly after Colossal Boy, though legally a citizen of the planet Xanthu. Tom was born on the Xanthian orbiting space station his astronomer, astronomer parents called home. The Keller's research involved the properties of star energy. Shortly before the birth of their son, the scientists began collecting stellar energy for their experiments, the high concentration of which had an unpredictable effect on her and an even stranger effect on her newborn son. Ooh. Oh. 
The child was able to draw mass directly from the stars and channel it into other objects, making them super heavy. Yet it was not Tom Keller's command of matter that gained him entry into the Legion. Rather, it was different powers gained many years later under different circumstances. While cruising through space, Tom's ship intercepted the course of a runaway comet by the stars. Something about the makeup of this comet, it, it, it's affecting the cruiser. How could that be? And, uh, the engines fail. Don't have enough control to keep her from crashing. Crash. Boom. And he crashes. There's an explosion. Um, caused a change in Tom Keller, giving him the power of flight, super strength, heightened senses, electrical vision, making him a veritable latter-day Superboy. His powers and abilities made Tom a natural selection for the membership in the galaxy's most exclusive club. An opinion that did not change when his newfound powers faded shortly after leaving Starboy with only the powers he was born with. End program, computer. I've seen enough, and none of it is the least bit helpful to us. Okay. Really? Maybe if you'd asked one of us, huh? Gasp, who? You could have found uh, what you're after with less trouble and without having to fight your way out. Hello, Legionnaires. You caught us by surprise. But you were bound to find out about this sooner or later, so... Marla? Marla Latham? What? What in the name of Daxum are you doing sneaking around our headquarters? Yeah, executive assistant R.J. Brand or not, you've got a lot of explaining to do, friend. Now give... Believe me, Wildfire, Erlean and I wouldn't be doing this if our mission wasn't so urgent. We had to get a look at your files, because one of them may very well hold the key that can save R.J. Brand's life. The doctor tells me there's no cure of a, there's no hope of a cure for him unless we find that clue. His only chance. It is with a worried frown that the young man called Brainiac Five regards the Legion's close friend and ally, and there, there is but one question in his mind. Is a legionnaire suspected of trying to kill R.J. Brand? Next issue, the legions and R.J. Brand's dark past exposed. Don't dare miss chapter two, Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes. There we go. Now, one thing about Supergirl, um, it's mentioned that after they got the time bubble, they went back a thousand years to find Supergirl. And that is kind of a, a retcon kind of, sort of. We saw, obviously, in the very first appearance of the Legion, they went back to get Superboy, but we also saw, as mentioned, that there were a number of Legionnaires who were already present, so we know Superboy was not number four. Yeah. Um, But how to figure out where he eventually joined, um, you've got to go to the... I think it's Superboy or Adventure 323, which is the issue in which Prody comes up with the method of choosing the next Legion leader. And, you know, it's Superboy's name. And the reason that he chose that is because it was the anniversary of Superboy's joining the Legion. Okay. So there is a flashback in that issue that shows Superboy being inducted into the Legion and Brainiac 5 is there. Okay. So that, uh-huh. yeah. And so so therefore by the transitive property of of comic bookness um, Brainiac 5 must or was obviously a member before Superboy joined. Yep. He joined with Supergirl. Uh-huh. Therefore Supergirl must have joined before Superboy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's some uh, 
Uh, I don't know if it ever actually saw print, but there was either speculation or a retcon that they were um, they wanted to get Superboy, but they were still fine tuning how they could uh, go back in time more than exactly a thousand years. So they said, okay, let's go a thousand years back and found Supergirl. And then once they figured out how to refine the time travel, then they went back a thousand and eighteen years to find, or thirteen years to find Superboy. Hmm. But the net effect is Supergirl actually joined before Superboy. So there yep. we go. And now it's, we know. And that's one to grow on. Yes, and well, you know, it's Marlis, so it must have something to do with Ultra Boy. Uh, oh. I know. I, he can only use one excuse at a time. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Uh, speaking of one excuse at a time, I looked through all three issues of this, and I could not figure out who that mystery person is in page one. Okay. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, when we see Lightning Lad, when they take uh, Lucifer 7 in, you can see that they've got his cape color, color, uh, colored in exactly the same tone. But obviously it can't be because we can see, you know, Right, and, and every other Legionnaire is present and accounted for on that page, on yeah. that splash page. Yeah. So I'm going to say that it is... Uh, um, and oops. It's, 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 it's his secretary. Yeah, it's, it's could Jim, be the doctor's nurse. It's Jimmy Olsen wearing um, <laughs> a, a, a strange uh, cape for his... Uh, it's a one-issue one appearance-only um, uh, Elastic Lad costume. Uh, and speaking of one issue only, this is the only appearance of Lucifer 7. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they said it's, it was much like uh, um, when we learned that, that uh, Principal Skinner wasn't really Principal Skinner. Um, it, and they said, let's, what? let's never speak of this again. This again. <laughs> and they never did. And so Marla said right there, let's never talk about this one again. And they said, okay, no problem. Yeah, we, we can keep our mouth shut. We'll just record it all. Exactly. Well, there's that. All right, so there we go. So that's <laughs> issue one of Secrets. They, they do have a little bit of an um, order of uh, induction uh, list of the Legions along with their first appearances. Um, and just talking about uh, how... Um, well, here we go. Uh, welcome to the pages of the first issue of tomorrow's collector's item. We here at DC are confident that this comic and the next two issues will be collector's items because of the unique nature of the special miniseries. Ever since we, knew, we broke new ground with the publication of the first such series, World of Krypton, we uh -huh. have discovered that, um, that limited series are highly popular with comic readers throughout the world, but we realized the fact that the three-issue run was a complete series was only part of that popularity. The miniseries had to be something special. They had to present uh, stories that were worthy of such unique presentations. For this reason, the legend, legend of the, uh, the untold legend of the Batman was, was chosen uh, for the second such series. And Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes is the third. The Legion has proven itself the most popular team uh, comic in the history of the medium. In existence for almost 30 years, the Legion receives more... Uh, mail than any other feature currently published by DC Comics, and that mail usually contains questions upon questions about the origins of, of, the, of this group, their civilian identities, their home planets, etc., etc. 
This series not only reveals some exciting, um, <clears throat> some startling new secrets of the Legion, but it also tells a new exciting adventure. <clears throat> but the underlying intent is to answer all these hundreds of questions in a three-issue miniseries that can be saved and referred to uh, in the years to come. It is not only designed for the readers, uh, but also the creative people who will create the Legion Ventures of Tomorrow. These issues tell a story, true, but they tell a, also tell a history and a legend. This is uh, this is a reference work in the truest sense of the world of the word. Uh, within the body of each and of of the tale, every origin of every legionnaire will be retold or revealed. If that member's origin has never actually been told in any of their adventures, uh, but uh, like a reference work, we believe that these issues should also contain an index of sorts. Uh, so that readers will be able to learn just where the original stories appeared. Uh, not wishing to interrupt the flow of the story with endless editor, editor notes, we would be wiser to just pre present such information uh, here on the text pages of Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes. We hope you enjoy these issues as much as we've enjoyed preparing them for you. And remember, long live the Legion. Jack, Paul, Nelson, Jimmy, and Frank. And there we have it. Aww. So in the next, sweet. yeah, in the next issue of uh, Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes, we'll present further information on the various members. Number two's checklist will be all the published origin stories of the Legionnaires, uh, plus a listing of uh, various of the various supervillains the Legion has faced during their long history. Number three will have a handy listing of all the members' civilian identities, their powers, and their home planets. And don't forget, Secrets of the Legions of Superheroes number two is on sale November 13th. We'll reveal the terrible, terrible and startling secret that Marla is searching for. If you're a Legion fan or just searching for new excitement, you, can afford, you can't afford to miss Chapter 2 of Secrets of the Legions of Superheroes. Jack C. Harris. There we go. There you go. That's that one. So, Sweet. So interesting that, that, that you know, they, they kind of fleshed out the, the uh, early adventures. And it makes sense because there weren't really any sort of crime stories, as it were. And it's kind of a neat way to show those those first, um, you, you know, that that second wave of members uh, coming in and how they work together uh -huh. with them. Totally. Yeah. It's also nice that we're like over episode 500. We're just now getting to this. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's a lot of Legion stories out there for us to do still. Yay. Indeed. Makes me happy. Makes no me happy. No shortage. All right. Anyone got anything else to add about this one? Uh, not about this, but uh, if nobody else has anything, then I've got this week in Legion history. Outstanding. Anybody else? <coughs> Bueller? Bueller? No, no. I've, Go I've, for got, it. I've got some feedback, for, but I'll save that for next week. Okay. Uh, so this week in Legion history, uh, 40 years ago on June 12, 1978, was DC Comics Presents number two. Uh, the Legion had a quick cameo in there. It was the second part of a two-parter with uh, Superman and the Flash racing through time, and one of the places they stopped off was nice. the 30th century. Uh, of course it was. Mm -hmm. uh, 35 like you years do. <laughs> like you do. 35 years ago, June 16th, 1983, was Legion number 303, Ooh. and that is uh, Supergirl comes back. And it's the fight against the Emerald Empress. Uh -huh. uh, so that was uh, 35 years ago. 25 years ago, June 15, 1993, we saw Legionnaires number five, which mm. is um, 
part of the SW6 batch versus the new Fatal Five. Oh, that's right, yes. Uh, <clears throat> the cover has uh, Cosmic Boy, Cat's Paw, Alchemist, and Matter Eater Lad versus Persuader. Ooh. And then uh, also on that same day is Valor number 10. 20 years ago, June 10th, 1998, Legionnaires number 63. So we were already into the reboot. And this is uh, part three of Dark Circle Rising. Shows uh, Phantom Gr- or, uh, sorry, Saturn Girl, Schwann Aaron, and uh, Jackie the Snake um, with uh, Cosmic Boy, or sorry, Invisible Kid holding um, Jackie's arms and Saturn Girl's costumes because it appears they have both resigned to go join the uh, science police. Ah. So that was 20 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago, uh, June 11, 2008, was uh, Booster Gold Volume 2, number 10. And I forget what was going on 10 years ago, or 2008. Um, we weren't New 52 yet. Oh, God, no. Um, no, that would have been the, uh, the uh, Jeff Johns, Jeff Katz series. Um, yeah. Yes. So it would have, um, yeah, it was like where they started out with the 52 pickup. Um, so it was kind yeah, of, so yeah. Brainy has a, uh, has a cameo in this one. Uh, and apparently they're going through time and we see him at uh, Legion headquarters. Oh. Uh, all right. And also the same day, 2008. Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century, number 15. That was the um, uh, the series based on the cartoon. And um, uh, this one has uh, Impulse running through the, the group. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes, yes. Uh, five years ago, June 12, 2013, uh, we saw Smallville season 11, number 14. Um, this is the one where Daniel HDR got to redesign all of the Legionnaires as if they had all appeared on uh, Smallville. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And then uh, 975 years from now, June 12th, 2993. Um, Bob Cohan is arrested by EarthGov, also known as Crystal Kid. This is during the five-year gap uh-huh. between the end of the Magic Wars and the beginning <coughs> of the Magic There you go. So that was that's this week in Legion history. Awesome. For June nineteen, for June of the threes and eights. Very nice. Alrighty then. So let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Comments, as always, are welcome at legionofsubstitutepodcast.gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which is facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcast.com. Uh, we are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and we're going to... Uh, you know, we, we can we can do the actual thousand year thing, you know, or whatever it is, and we will see you all next week.
it's a secret. 